Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. How are things? Uh, well, it's okay. I just I just paid my September rent. So it's September. <gasps> yeah, September is screaming on in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at the moment, it's like really hot. I think that um, Toronto is just trying to give like a last like real push for summer and be like, yeah. I'm still relevant. And I'm like, oh, summer, it's been a time. And thank you so much. It, I think it's been an amazing summer. The yeah. weather's been fantastic. Yeah, it yeah. has. And it's funny because my wonderful friend is in from BC and and uh, and she was just saying it's been like cold and rainy the whole, pretty much the whole summer. So um, I don't want to rub it in anybody's face in British Columbia, but like, I don't know. Yeah. You guys know you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think it's, yeah, it's the downslide to uh, colder times, shorter nights. I don't know, a bit of gloom. I'm feeling a bit of gloom. Oh, Very seasonally appropriate. the nice to cheer yourself up. Yeah, and I actually don't mind being a bit sad. Sadness is yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah it's a bit sometimes of a, you have to embrace it. Yeah, it's a time for sadness sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, I'm not feeling sad because I'm finally <laughs> free of COVID. <laughs> oh my God, that freaking 10 days. That's not, oh. Oh. Honestly, I was t- literally, I was tested every single day and every single day the line was still bloody well there. Mm. Oh, so yeah, it was very, um, the last couple of days were the hardest, I would say, because I was feeling a lot better and um, could kind of see the outside world, wanted to be in it and mm. wasn't allowed. Um, so yeah, the taste of freedom was beautiful when it finally arrived. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah. hard. It is hard. Wow. Cabin yeah. fever. COVID is still here disrupting our lives. Yeah. Sadly. Oh, man. It's like the in-law that just won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against in-laws. What do you think? But... Right. Quick question for you. Mm. What do you think is the optimum amount of time that you should have um, visitors to stay? Oh, my God. I love this because I have a lovely client who just found her number. Three. Okay. Three days. Great. I agree with you. Oh, my God. Shut the front door. Totally agree. Love yeah. it. Never. Three days. Like, Four at a max, but four if a flight's cancelled. No more than that. Yeah, like no four buffer that. day, but plan yeah. for three. Yeah, exactly. two nights, three days. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, love it, love it, <laughs> Sarah. Why are we? No, it's so funny because that's exactly what a client because she's having to put some boundaries down in terms of her. She had this miserable, miserable, unspeakable experience um, at a really vulnerable yeah. place, or. Um, a really vulnerable place for her and um and now she's had to sort of put some rules down Uh, anyways we can probably go into this like in another topic but like because a lot of in-laws are like we're helping you and a lot of the time oh yeah nope nope no 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 it's not just that it's like the disruption to your to your life it's all the extra food you've got to prepare all the extra shopping the cleaning up like you don't i don't think you relax when other people are in your house you you don't and they would have to be doing some pretty hardcore, like, babysitting, like, yeah. you know, helping you out with feeds in the middle of the night and really helping, yeah. not just kind of, you know, yeah, really taking charge. <laughs> and, and there are some in-laws who are actually really great like that. 
Oh my gosh, I think we should take this yeah. as another topic because, and oh, I had a lovely client say, you know, your parents help you, but they don't help me. My parents help me, but they don't help you. And you have to know that that's the case. When your in-laws come, they'll help the kid mm. that they birthed into the world, but they're not going to be helpful to the to the spouse. I genuinely feel like I would be a super great, helpful in-law. Like, yeah, I genuinely see, would be. That's like, where it I all starts, it. Sarah. That's where it starts. I just know it. <laughs> oh, that's where it starts. I'm moving in for a week. <laughs> oh, see, right. See, that? that's exactly right. It's exceptionalism. Uh, You're like, I'll be the great one. That's how it starts. No yeah, one thinks they're terrible. My kids wouldn't want me for that long. They'd <laughs> be like, yeah, leave me. Thank they'll be like, uh, mom, three days. Three days max. Yeah. Two days, yeah. three nights. Two, two th- they'll be like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no more. No more. Can't no take more. it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay, anyway, digressed. Yes. Um, Relationship desk, ma'am. Yeah, should we get back to that? Yes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Would you like to know the one ingredient that you need for a happy relationship? Oh, I, I certainly would. <laughs> Me too. Oh, why? Yep. So apparently, according to research, the one thing that you need for your relationship to be truly happy and to thrive and be successful is trust. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the article that I read went on to talk about how we... Like we really need um, kind of safety and we need to connect in a safe way to our partners. Mm-hmm. And without that feeling of, of kind of pure trust and knowing that we can kind of rely on our partner, knowing that they've got our backs, we um, we then instead without that, we operate in this kind of hyper vigilant way. So we're never truly relaxed in the relationship because mm-hmm. we're always kind of second guessing or waiting for things to to go wrong Mm -hmm. and I also said that when we've got a lot of trust in a relationship we can deal with ambiguous information we can deal with kind of not having all the details Mm. because we trust that our partner's kind of got it covered or um you know that they're going to be able to kind of work things out and and we we trust that it's that it's Mm. kind of safe in their hands so we don't necessarily need all the information all Mm. of the time Oh, I, I love that quite distinction. Interesting, yeah. And they said it's one of the most sought-after traits in a relationship is people kind of want somebody who's trustworthy, who's a bit solid, who they can depend on and rely upon. Oh gosh, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You know what's really funny that oh my gosh, I'm really like in a tizzy with that, which is to say that when there's when there's incomplete information and where there's mm. potentially sort of conflicting information, yeah, is that. And because you have your choice of interpretation, right? You can either assume the worst of your partner or you can assume the best or just assume that they're just being human. Um, And so that comes into when you find yourself ramping up in terms of suspicion. And and that's, again, Mm. because a lot of the time we don't have incomplete information. We'll have a text message that comes up on our partner's phone at 1130 at night, right? Mm -hmm. Or we'll have like, um, they said they were going to the gym, but actually they came back and they were dressed in a manner in which you're like, that doesn't look like you went to the gym. Yeah, It could be like, we say we're going to do stuff and don't do it all the time. Yeah, Uh, Or it could be somebody cheating on you. But um, if the trust has eroded, then you're going to start to see these inconsistencies and and imagine the worst. I love what you said there. Mm -hmm. So Really is that when but you I think the the trust isn't just about whether somebody's going to cheat or not. It, it is about kind of, can I trust this person to completely have my back? Mm. If my world falls apart tomorrow, can I trust my partner 
to be able to kind of pick up the pieces and to um to support me mm. you know could i if i lost my job tomorrow could i trust my partner to help me financially until i kind of get back on my feet mm. there's all kinds of different manners of of uh, ways that we need to, to kind of trust our partners and to believe that mm. they are going to be there for us mm-hmm. so it's not i don't think it's just about you know do i trust them not to get into bed with somebody else or yeah. true cheat or yeah yeah and and that well that's true and and actually <laughs> and I, esther perel says that um you know when she's working with folks after an affair uh, one person that cheated upon will usually say how can i ever trust you again i you know yeah. and esther says well what like what does trust mean to you like trust what because there's layers of trust so um when recovering from an affair your trust that they'll never cheat on you again is probably going to be one of the later to last things that yeah. sort of come back on online yeah, yeah. But but you might actually, they might have always been financially trustworthy. So mm. um, you might maintain that or or trust to comfort you when you're sad. That might be something that, you know, two months down the road, you're like, yeah, I, I, I pretty much trust you with my emotions again. So yeah. there's trust for so many different things. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah. So we need to work on trust. Ah, and... It's funny because we say, well, our partner should be trustworthy. But the thing is that yeah. whether or not to trust, it's a verb, It's that's on us, whether we choose yeah. to trust somebody or not. So yeah. given the information that we have in our hands, are we going to trust them? That's our choice. I think I'm very, I'm a very trusting person. I know I am. Oh. Until you do something wrong. Until you prove <laughs> that that's not yeah. warranted and then. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Oh, gosh, this is a, Yeah. This is a topic. This would be a tussle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's today's relationship love death. Oh, beautiful. Not bad for a woman with COVID. Not bad exactly. at all, my friend. I'm still here. <laughs> still here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, would you like a hot topic? Yes, let's go. date nights all that ah well it's funny because <laughs> you just um just weeks ago we talked about like sort of the golden time golden time together which is yeah what was the that again formula the two 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 wasn't yep. it yep give us the two 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 yeah, yeah yeah you so, got it uh yeah so two every two weeks you need to go on a date every two months you need a like a um, weekend away and then every two years you need a vacation together yeah can remember see you got it so so yeah so date night so they're in the 222 formula yeah um so but what are they all that oh i've got Mm. i've got views i've got views myself how about you what do you think yeah i think it's one of those things when we get i think it's always a bit of a shame when you get anything that is kind of um over popularized so Mm. you know we've got this thing where kind of everybody's told that we should you know you should be going on date nights we've got the whole instagram effect where everybody's posting and sharing kind of all of their kind of date nights we've got hashtags we've got mm-hmm. do, do you know what i mean and it becomes kind of over popularized and there's a bit of this kind of pressure to um to have dates to it almost becomes even with that kind of two 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 it's a bit kind of formulaic mm-hmm. Like, am I doing it because this formula says that I need to mm. in order to be happy? But 
like what if I don't really want to go on a date or what mm. if I'm just doing those dates every two weeks because the formula says so mm-hmm. but I'm not actually kind of I'm not bringing myself to it I'm not present when I'm in it we're doing it because we, we think that we should do rather than the fact that we mm. want to mm-hmm. so I think that is the kind of downside of date night and the term date night mm. yeah and it, it infers a few things like that like it's a narrow list of options I think yeah. date night means dinner with a bunch of other people and it's just performative it's just doing it for the sake of but yeah for the people that I work with they are desperately looking out for quality time and connection mm. yeah and so date night it's it's not misnamed it's actually like scheduled time to connect Mm. for quality time to bring us back together um so i think we need to be thinking beyond like well what restaurant do you because we can often get sort of caught up in the details the minutiae of like trying out new restaurants or whatever where we realize we're we're actually having dinner and doing date nights all the time but we're actually just like you say we're not bringing ourselves we're not really present for the relationship so I wonder if we can kind of sort of term it or coin it in a different way, which is, you know, what I think we we definitely agree that you need to be able to connect the two of you. You do. You have to have that connection time. I know um, I can't go too long without having some connection time and some dedicated time with my partner. I find it really difficult. I, I, you know, it's something... I will I will openly say to him I feel disconnected from me if we don't mm. kind of have that time so you know from that perspective then having a date night or having a set time in the diary then would be really healthy for our relationship but it is about that connection it's about um and it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're going out or mm. I think we often think like it's got to be lavish or we've got to kind of spend a certain amount of money or and it's not really about that at all. It is about that connection time. It's about not having any distractions. It's about putting your phones away. Like, mm. um, you know, all of those things. It's about not answering the messages that from the kids that come in. Or, you know, if they're not, if these things aren't urgent, kind of pop them aside. It is about prioritizing mm. the time that you've got together to be able to connect with each other. Mm. Oh, yeah. And and what happens if if people value quality time differently? What how do you navigate when one partner is like, "Look, I don't need this much quality time," and the other partner is like, "I really <laughs> I don't need, need to spend any time with you." <laughs> yeah. it, it can sometimes maybe that's what's going on in my relationship, and I'm just doing it. And this is how we find out. <laughs> Has he been in touch with you? <laughs> Possibly not. <laughs> Sending some secret messages. I never disclose I, confidentiality. I'm a I'm a tight yeah, trap. Con- can't disclose my sources exactly um yeah I think it's it's hard right it's like you know we talk about um mismatched libidos when it comes to sex like Mm -hmm. it's the same when we think about quality time and connection time together some people just don't need it they're like look I'm cool I know that we're grand and um I know that I love you and I don't need to kind of spend that much time with you to kind of appreciate the relationship Mm -hmm. they can they can do it in you know the the value or they appreciate their solo time a lot more Mm. but knowing that in you know they've got that kind of safety that comfort going back to kind of the 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 love desk um topic then they've got that trust in the relationship that that they're safe and secure and they don't need that kind of level of interaction so it can be really difficult to navigate that as a couple Mm -hmm. but you know this is where you've got to reach some sort of compromise because it isn't fair if one party is um 
you know, to be kind of swayed towards one party's preference. Mm. That's not right. We're not honouring the differences between us when we do that. We're saying, actually, my needs are greater than yours and therefore I'm prioritising them. Mm. That doesn't really honour the other person, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you say that. Um, I love that you say that. So in this instance, yeah, because you can you can you can easily suffocate like the one person can feel very suffocated. Um, and, and really again, love languages are cheesy, but they kind of do help. Cause I'd be curious for the person who's like, look, I'm secure. I don't need quality time. I'd be curious, like, what are your love languages? What are the things that you do need? Because I think hidden and behind that is I do have needs and I'm, those aren't on the table. I haven't communicated that. I haven't been asked what those are. I'd be really curious. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Possibly. I think it's, um, well, not always great really understanding what our own needs are full stop um and then to be able to articulate and tell kind of somebody else this is what I need then mm-hmm. you know can, can be quite hard we're not we're not used to asking for the things that we want in life very often we're used to providing the things that everybody else wants mm-hmm. and asking other people what is it that you want or how can I you know what can I do to to make your life better we're kind of we often look for those areas but we um, you know, don't often take a step back and say, what do I need? What can I ask for? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. And and I think maybe, so it might be worth it if your partner's like, look, I just don't need that quality time. It it might be that that they have an unfulfilled need and that spending time together actually reminds them of the disappointment of the things that they're not getting. And so they're like, well, why, why bother spending time? Because I'm not going to get what I need anyways. Yeah. I think you might also have some wrong assumptions that go on because, you know, could be the case that actually they do want to spend time together, but they're assuming that you won't be interested in the things that they're interested ah. in. So we can yeah. often kind of get that, can't we, in, in relationships where, you know, I just assume that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm into history or ancestry or something like that. And I think that actually my partner would never be interested in going to you know, visit the archives and, and review kind of some things from, from the past or mm-hmm. look at family trees or something like that. So you might assume that your partner is just not interested in that or, you know, I really want to watch nature programs, but I don't think that my partner would be interested. So you, we can often dismiss things before we even um, give them a chance to kind of air and to to check if that assumption is right or not. Hmm. I mean, you, you might be bang on the money but you might not be as well mm-hmm. so you and then you miss that opportunity to explore that and and see and because we, ch- we change as well like over time don't we so the things that we're interested in 10 years ago we're maybe not as interested in now and and there could be new things that we're interested in that we've just not explored together mm-hmm. mm, yeah what do you and and what do you think about netflix and chill so a lot of people have date nights on the couch in their pajamas I love Netflix and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> is is that quality time for you? I think it is for us. Yeah, like I mean, my partner's not a big TV watcher, um, like sport, like kind of a lot of men. But I think it's quite nice when you can watch, you can pick, like we have kind of a handful of programs that we'll watch together, and mm-hmm. um, and then that's quite nice because it it does give you something that you've got that's kind of shared and. You can look forward to kind of watching the next episode or, you know, you can talk about the characters or, you know, it's just, it's another kind of chance to, you can also find out something about each other as well when you think about kind of Mm. 
some of the comments that you know I'm a I like watching a bit of reality TV and you can kind of share you know some of the comments that come out it's kind of like oh I didn't realize that you thought like that <laughs> or you know you can find out some things about your partner depending on kind of their views about um certain things that happen on TV or mm-hmm. so I think it is an opportunity but I think you know as long as you as long as you both subscribe to it and you're both kind of happy um like We've had conversations about the fact that, um, so if my other half wants to watch like a, a big game that he's really interested in, and I, like, I am not, it's just not my thing whatsoever at all, but I'd equally be as happy kind of sat next to him with headphones in, watching something completely different, but still just mm. being together in the same zone, because you do kind of still feel like that you've got some connection there. Mm. So yeah, you're not having those kind of deep and meaningful conversations um, that you might have in other settings, but it's sometimes nice just to be in each other's presence without, you know, without any of that. It's that kind of, it's back to that kind of safety, security, Mm. kind of I feel like we're in the same space. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, that... That sounds great. What about I think you then? Are you a uh, Netflix, Netflix and chill? Netflix and chill. I, you know what? I am. I think it's just a little bit of a, I think, I think it's really important to sort of find out, is it quality time or is it zoning out kind yeah. of numbing time together? Because yeah. that, um, I think. If it, you're using it as a distraction. Yeah. So it's something to avoid maybe some of those conversations, then that would be a, t- a telltale sign, wouldn't it? That it's. Yeah. That you're using it as, I don't know, it's like like a relationship babysitter, isn't it? I, I mean, it could be there, or the noise. Yeah, or if both of you guys are just really burnt out at the end of the day, and you're kind of just mm-hmm. numbing out together, it could yeah. be sort of neutral, not active quality time. Uh, let's yeah. just say you know you you zone out tonight. You know you zone out together every night on the couch, but yet. One person is saying, I just don't get quality time with you. And the other is like, but we're on the couch every night tonight, you know, yeah, together. Yeah. That might be, well, it might be numbing zone out time, but it might not actually be fulfilling. Um, like, a, a, I think you have to strive to make, to, to bring active connection into it. So I think there has to be an intention behind it. There has to be like an awareness that we are connecting yeah. or a means of connecting. Yeah. I think it's also helpful to check in. Like, I really find this quality time. Do you find this quality time? Yeah. The other person might be like, well, no, I guess you like doing it. And I just don't want to think by the end of the night. So I'm kind of just watching yeah. TV. I-, I think I would be careful to, um, I would actually consider venturing out of my comfort zone. If that's our only date connection nights is on yeah. in front of the TV. I would say, is there something that more sort of active, more engaged that we could play with? especially Mm. if you're really lacking in energy perhaps that actually means that like a date night for you is actually getting out and being active yeah so date night can also be taking a walk around the lakeshore yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's just about having that as you say being really conscious about the time that you're spending together and deciding that actually we want to connect and you know we want to be present with each other that's that's the thing I think the problem with date night is it's got some can have some negative connotations can't it because it can feel quite forced quite um you know it's a bit like I always remember when I was young I worked for this um I worked for this children's clothing company Mm. and they had um enforced fun days oh god oh (laughs) and we worked like we worked in finance so um you know we always had like quite strict deadlines and they always had these enforced fun days 
when we were up against these like strict deadlines and and so anything where you're kind of forced to take part in something that you're just not into or you're not interested in I think just can feel quite fake um oh yeah and I think that's the problem with dating you know when we say is it all that it's because it's now kind of you know it's got a bit of kind of negative connotation around it because it's that kind of fake like let's kind of get together let's you know have a little weekly snap on Instagram or whatever it is and and if you haven't then got the connection outside of that and you haven't got true connection whilst you're having this kind of enforced fun then it kind of misses the point for me yeah bingo yeah yeah. It doesn't have to go on Instagram. Extra points if you don't post your day nights. <laughs> Extra points if it's not at night. Yeah. Yeah. What about date mornings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love a nice cup of tea in bed on a Sunday morning. Oh, damn. It's a nice day. <laughs> Tis indeed. <laughs> ah, all right. Oh, so it so really long. is quality time. So it is. Talk yeah. to each other about quality time. What does that mean to you? How much yeah. do you need it? Yeah. If you could have anything connecting you, that would make quality time more palatable or more exciting, what would that be? Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Some people do that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever floats your boat. You've got it. <laughs> All right. Shall we um, skip to a question? Let's do it. Today's question. We have three children. The first two have been through college and the last one is about to go. I'm terrified that I don't have anything in common with my wife. What should I do? Oh, I'm seeing a lot of this because it is back to school time. It is. Back this to is happening. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is somebody who's really honest with their feelings and they're sort of saying, look, I don't have anything in common. There's the, this is the empty nest sort of syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You've spent the better part of two decades just in the trenches, raising kids, transactional mm-hmm. interactions with your partner. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, um, that connection that you had before you were partnered, married, and shortly mm-hmm. before kids arrived, that now, but now you're 20 years older. Yeah. And many folks haven't been watering that garden, which is normal unfortunately yeah so it is yeah you know this person's super clear but i often see this empty nest stuff coming up with couples and they're not aware of why they're Mm. at each other's throats so how yeah yeah tell me about what happens when (laughs) they don't realize that it's empty nest syndrome that's driving them crazy well i think a lot of the time in relationships we don't know what the root cause of if the um if the challenges are so we just know that we're in a position that we really don't like very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no idea what's causing it and we have no idea how to get out of it. And mm-hmm. we're just stuck and we end up with these circular patterns that go on and on and on for quite some time. And um, and it's draining. It's, mm-hmm. It takes your energy, it takes your emotion. And you can get to a position, if we leave it unchecked, we'll get to a position where we're just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And we just want to kind of have time out. And it's not necessarily that we don't want to be in the relationship it's that we we just want the pain to end like the suffering we just can't Mm -hmm. we just can't handle it any longer so I think that's often what happens and as you say a lot of people don't know what's causing the issue um and I think if it is that emptiness syndrome um 
we've spent kind of a long time putting all of our effort and energy into these children because we want them to be successful. So it's like a real drive of parents to um, to want their kids to be happy, healthy, well-adjusted, um, you know, provide them with the best possible platform to be able to go on and become, you know, fully-fledged human beings in the, in the kind of, you know, in the wide world that's out there. We want them mm-hmm. to go to college, university, want them to kind of be successful, want them to get great grades and we're there kind of coaching them and supporting them through all of this it's understandable that the relationship itself between you and your partner just kind of you know takes a takes a back seat and you don't really a lot of the time even remember sort of why you got together in the first place like Mm. what was it that that kind of we were attracted to each other why why was it what did we used to spend our time doing um how did we fill our days like before kids came along because Kids can certainly fill your time up, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I I think I'm I'm noticing that um what starts to happen is like when kids are kind of in their teen years, I'm I'm noticing that one partner um will will tend to start picking fights with the other partner. Like you're not there for me, you're not emotionally available, you don't support me, I can't rely upon you without hard times. There's this sort of constant like traffic narrative of like you know, you suck, you're terrible, et cetera. But as, and, and what I'm, what I notice with, with certain folks that I coach is that sort of, that noise becomes much louder at really sad times, like driving kid to their first day of college, Mm. dropping them off, et cetera. And I, there's a pattern with specifically with one person I'm coaching where the shit hits the fan when sad things happen. But the thing is, is that the partner is actually being the punching bag for the other partner's sad feelings about Mm. this transition time in their lives. So they, it's a convenient target to just kind of pile all their woes onto their partner. But really what's happening is they're aware of change and transition. That's sad. And they don't know how to cope with those emotions. So, um, that I see showing up. What I also see showing up, which is a bit contentious. I'm just going to throw it out there because I just see it a lot. So the person, um, you know, writing in is, uh, I, I'm going to assume, uh, so it's, that's a male partner. I'm going to assume that who's saying that their yeah. wife, they don't see anything in common. Mm. Um, I think what I see happening is, is that women are really like, they've spent again, the better part of two decades, like really invested in their kids and mm. like all the details, et cetera. And so they might have been growing in certain ways. And then their partner has possibly been growing in other ways, perhaps in their career, perhaps in their, um, in their activities and hobbies. And so mm. I have a lot of partners saying my partner hasn't grown. They're not growing. I don't, we don't have anything in common anymore. Mm. Um, and so one partner is often saying, look, I really want our empty nest to be fabulous, travel, new career options. I want us to be fit and healthy. And a lot of people are noticing this discordance where the other person mm. may not have maintained their health. They may not have maintained sort mm. of this positive growth outlook. So this sounds super judgmental, but I am just saying I am seeing it a lot. And so somebody will write in like this person saying, um, I don't have anything in common with my partner anymore because we've grown in different ways. Yeah. And so what the heck do you do with that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. It's huge. Yeah. I think, you know, often it's the fear, isn't it? It's the fear of of what the future looks like and the fear that it's not going to turn out the way that you um, hoped it would. 
and mm-hmm. um so I think the fear can can drive quite a lot of thinking I think we can also look for um as you say if somebody starts to kind of really pick a fight with somebody else like again that that to me speaks about fear about mm. I'm terrified that everything's changing mm-hmm. and and it sounds counterproductive so that we then kind of you know pick this fight and have this argument with our partner who really are the one one person that understands exactly what's going on and if we can turn towards each other in that time of sadness rather than turning away from each other then we'll gain more strength in the relationship I think it's um it's it is an interesting time to be able to press the reset mm. I think in your life when your kids finally kind of leave and mm-hmm. go and do their own thing I think it's important to remember that your children are going off and they are doing their mm. own thing they're being independent and that's exactly what you wanted them to do mm. um you know we have children so that they can you know live through us and beyond they're not kind of there to live with us and and be kind of a fundamental part of who we are for kind of the rest of our lives it's not like that we, you know we want them to be kind of independent and and go off and that's something to be celebrated mm. and it's a real chance to have a bit of a reset in your relationship and say you know what do what do we want that future to look like mm. so you know the same we've got nothing in common wouldn't it be a great chance to just explore lots of kind of different activities or um you know different maybe different ways of of living and see if some of that kind of sparks something else in the relationship Mm -hmm. you know so my question would be you know what have you what have you tried Mm -hmm. I'm kind of guessing not nothing really Mm -hmm. I think it's Mm -hmm. just a kind of often when we get asked this type of question they haven't really put any effort into into uncovering where the co- where the commonality is in the relationship and the things that they enjoy together they're just saying actually I'm terrified that we haven't and so mm-hmm. it's really important to explore some of that and try kind of you know some different things together and see you might actually find a kind of new lease of life but it, this is a real great chance to have a bit of a reset oh great yeah and what I'm noticing the theme of people is that there's one partner who's saying I really want to know what your goals for the future are mm. because I don't see that you have any aspirations, goals, or sort of next mountains that you want to climb. And I, I, there's mm. a, there's one part of the partnership who's like, you know, tell me how, tell me your ambitions, tell me where you're headed. And it, it can be really hard because the other person might be saying, well, I'm kind of happy where things are right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's okay too. It's about, you know, again, it's about how do you find the line between the two that kind of satisfies you both as much as possible because you know I, I think we we can have these positions where we're kind of like you know I want to I want to go out there I want to change the world I want to do this and I want to do that and I've got a big bucket list of all the things that I want to achieve now that the kids have, have grown up and kind of less dependent and and we don't have to kind of be there for them 24-7. So people can see it as kind of a real chance to do all those things that they feel like they've missed out on. And, you you know, you do get the other party that's then like, well, actually, you know, I'm perfectly fine. I like the life that we've got. Mm -hmm. So it's then about how can you find that line in the middle and how can you support each other to get those things that you want out of the relationship still in a different Mm way? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. And I think I think it it takes sort of a more subtle, like a fine-tooth comb, because 
this is where actually visioning exercises can be really great. And it can be super helpful to do this sort of in a party of three where there's a coach mm. or a counselor or a therapist yeah. as the third yeah. person. I did this recently with a couple. Ooh. Yeah. And they found it really, really um, kind of useful. It's that kind of question, isn't there, about, um, you know, if, if in five years everything is going kind of amazingly well, like what does your relationship look like? Oh. How, how are yeah. you interacting with each other? What sort of things are you doing? So it's asking that kind of question, being able to project yourself into the future. And it does help to have somebody else to kind of mediate that type of discussion. Yeah. Oh, gosh, totally. And and there you might notice that maybe the person who has had the bad rap in the relationship for not being not having goals or mm. sort of or not having grown or not being interesting or whatever, you know, I'm thinking of the person who's writing in is like, I don't find my wife interesting anymore. And I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do when we have an empty nest and all we're doing is sitting. But that visioning exercise might actually get to some really cool stuff that mm. she might be like, yeah, so I see ourselves like traveling twice a year. And I see myself having, I'm picking up a volunteer position on a board, or I'm taking up this hobby. Um, so it gets the, maybe the perhaps the quieter person, the person who doesn't necessarily trumpet all the things that they want to do, you actually mm. get that voice out and yeah. realize that person does have goals, dreams, and aspirations. Yeah. And then they're probably different. Yeah. So just to your point is, I think it's not that we both want to climb Kilimanjaro together. I think it's that we want to, we want to see that, that we do have goals and dreams. The mm. fact that they're different is very, you know, if we keep growing, we bring more stuff into the relationship. There's more to talk about. There's more to bond over. I think that a lot of us want to know that we're that we're still with an interesting person. Mm. But it probably gets down to a deeper concern is, am I still interesting? Mm. At this time of empty nest, it's a middle-aged transition point. Yeah. Am I still relevant? We project a lot of stuff onto our partner. Like, are you still relevant and interesting? Well, mm. actually, the question is often, am I still relevant and interesting? Yeah. I think you often get that kind of um, questioning of, of yourself and kind of the world around you. You know, what what's the point? What's the purpose? Why am I even kind of here? You can get kind of a lot of that kind of um, comes up around this time as well. So it's not just about the kids leaving home. It's about, as you say, kind of, you know, who am I and, and what what is it that really makes me happy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think... The other thing that it throws up is, um, for me, around this question, is, um, you know, we don't have to spend 24-7 with each other. Um, Yes. Oh, yes, there is that. (laughs) I think kind of, you know, this whole thing about, well, we don't have anything in common, like, that's kind of okay too. Like, you know, you're allowed to go and do the things that you want to do and then, you know, come back together and celebrate and share and, um, you know, talk about the things that you've been doing. You don't have to spend kind of all of your time together. Yeah, that's true. And again, it you know comes back to that kind of view. Okay, what you know talked about kind of date nights and the fact that some people just don't need that much time together. So it's the same principle. You know, how much do we need to have in common? Um, how much time do we need and want to spend together? And agreeing some of those kind of ground rules again. Just taking that reset and say, you know, look now that the kids have gone, kind of. How do we want to spend our time? You know, what mm-hmm. does that look like for you? What mm-hmm. does it look like for me? What sort of things do I want to pursue on my own? What would I like us to kind of maybe do and try together? 
So there's all kind of different ways to be able to come together. You know, I, I can't believe for a second that there isn't one thing that they have that they both still enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it true. might be, you know, it might be like food. It could be something as, you know, you do kind of every day you um, obviously have all got kind of eat. Um, and it might just be that instead of meal times just being quite kind of functional that maybe actually that's where you put your energy and your effort is to how can we make meal times something that's really special mm. when you haven't got kind of three kids that all like different things <laughs> and you've got about five things on the list that you can actually all enjoy together <laughs> um can you tell i've been here <laughs> chicken <laughs> the chicken, chicken. yeah yep. all the kids will eat chicken yep. um you know so you haven't got those constraints anymore you've got kind of two of you and you know what were some of the the meals that you really enjoyed eating before the kids came along and um you know can you celebrate like a different country theme kind of every Mm. week like so there's different ways to be able to come together and it might be that you know maybe a love of food or something else is is the thing that kind of connects you both oh totally i i think the reset your and you have the relationship reset that was when you that is your yeah. program which is so great um but i think acknowledging that you both have changed over the 20 years yeah that has happened for yeah. sure yeah and it's an opportunity to reacquaint to meet yourself meet yeah. each other for the first time yeah. hello my name is and this is yeah. what i like to do yeah and this is what brings me happiness this brings me joy etc we're not trying to chase the person that we were 20 years ago it is a time to get reacquainted with who we are and then exactly to find what are the things. What what can be hard, though, is that, and we brought this up in a past podcast, and I kind of, it was interesting. We get resentful when one person, when, when we're scared that they've grown, grown mm. for the quote-unquote better, yeah. we get jealous, resentful, we're, we're scared of being left behind because they seem quite shiny, they seem like they're really mm. thriving, yeah. and we will try to kind of hold them back. And that's one of the things that 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 brick has to be knocked down. Mm. I'm um, I'm a little bit obsessed with Chicago Med at the minute. Ah, Have you watched it? No, right. tell us. It's like a medical drama thing, and uh, I tell you what, I would never want to move to Chicago if this uh, <laughs> <laughs> if any of this is true. If this hospital is anything to go by, because they have the most devastating things that happen mm. obviously week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this one particular episode where there was this guy who was. Um, given his uh, wife um i think it was like protein or something like that he was kind of like adding this to her food because she was wanting to kind of lose weight and get a bit healthier and um he was sabotaging that in the background because he was absolutely terrified that she would leave him he was overweight himself and he was terrified that if she suddenly kind of lost a bit of weight kind of um seemed more attractive to other people he was terrified he was going to lose her Oh my gosh, this is so and in our lane. It, this yes. type of thing like really yeah. plays out in relationships it does. where we are so terrified that the other person is going to change and no longer be attracted to us as people yeah. that we sabotage in lots of different ways. So, you know, it might not be as drastic as kind of um, spiking somebody's food, which quite obviously is not <laughs> a, a not acceptable behavior. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we do it in other ways. You know, we sabotage in other ways the relationship. 100%. Yeah. I see it all the time. And it can be something like disparaging remarks about, oh, you're going running early in the morning. Oh, that's what, you know, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Or, oh, you want to take these like sports lessons? No, we don't have yeah. time. You're not allowed to yeah. do that. Yeah. It's all jealousy. It's all resentment yeah. for sure. Yeah. You have to 
And that is hard to actually bring insight because mm. uh, resentment is an easy thing to carry around and to justify. Mm. You know, it's very easy to hold our partner back. Yeah. And we'll get in, and our partners respect our opinion and they, they really will often. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can success, we can be successful in sabotaging yeah. our partner's success. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like, um, you know, discouraging somebody to go for a promotion. Oh my God, yeah. Because oh. you're then fearful, well, they're going to become this kind of high flyer. Suddenly they're not going to be interested in me oh. and that's not kind of the lane that I'm in. And, or they're going to suddenly um, kind of meet other people or it's going to take them into a different, you know, maybe they have to travel more and I don't want that because I like my partner being at home. You know, there's all kinds of things, ways. And oh. because we're terrified, we then kind of discourage them from doing something that they genuinely are interested in you have got it and no partner that I have coached is really interested in leaving because leaving their partner behind because if they were we would not be coaching together the people that I'm coaching which are usually wanting to grow and they're fearful that their partner is not interested in growing they're they're wanting to see them kind of flower into their own and and explore what what makes them you know Anybody who's come with this question, which is, I'm afraid we don't have anything in common, they're not wanting their partner to do exactly what they're doing. They want them to have some goal, aspiration, growth mentality, something they want to explore, something to in, something to experience maybe in parallel, side by side. Mm-hmm. And so um, that person doesn't want to leave you behind in the dust. They want yeah. you to do what you, what makes you feel joyful, passionate, and fulfilled. Yeah. 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 It's a complicated business. <laughs> it is, but it's it's a big life empty nest, massive life transition. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh rather than digging your heels in, uh point your feet downstream, let go and do some active work and see what happens and see where yeah. the river takes you. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You could be joining a clothing optional commune in South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, hanging out in Antarctica the rest of the the rest of the year. I mean, you never know what you might be doing, right? Triathlons. Never do. Never know. <laughs> never know. Um, Life at 50 is too short and too long. It's too long to be miserable. Yeah. Got two more years ahead of you to be miserable. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Well. Nice little spicy start to the week. Little spicy start to the week. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you're enjoying your newfound freedom. I hope you like paint that town red. Go crazy. Well, I'm going to yoga tonight. Does that count? (laughs) No, it's very spicy. What are you talking? We're in our middle ages. Like that's extremely spicy. (laughs) That is the highlight of my week. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a bit of a pain, isn't it? Having to kind of miss out on the things that you like doing i missed a whole um yoga retreat day um that i had booked and couldn't go on it i was absolutely gutted um oh so yeah it does it plays kind of havoc with you oh man that sucks which is very frustrating yeah i'm sorry okay i'm over it now (laughs) (laughs) i had some very lovely friends that dropped me off a bit of a care package to cheer me up because i was missing out on the yoga retreat and they were going off to do it Oh, so, friends. Yeah, Shout out very to you. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, that's just part of life, isn't it? Like, sometimes you just got to miss out on the things that you really want to do. So yeah. I accept that. 
Yeah. That's adulting. Was not better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm um so I'm gonna get back on it. I'm gonna get back to my yoga. The bonus of COVID was I lost three kilos. Um <gasps> oh, geez. the downside is I'm now starting to pile it back on again. <laughs> oh wow, gosh. Yeah. So but it has made me realise actually it is possible to lose weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe just need to eat less. <laughs> oh man. Oh COVID. <laughs> Oh, the joys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, um, yeah. Right. And uh, have you got some fun plans for um, the week? It, you know what? That's a really good question. Um, that's What am I doing? I don't know. I think more of the same. I'm feeling a mm. little bit like it's a bit more of the same. I think I'm just kind of enjoying the seasonal funk. I'm just yeah. sort of being very present for the terming of the season. And I think I'm just mm. going to kind of sit in that and marinate it in a little bit of a quietude, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need a nice blanket. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I need the cotton wool moment. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, Oh, well, enjoy. Enjoy your quietness. It is nice sometimes to just settle and um, absorb what is going on around us. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.